All right, that was one more from Jeff Healy, Hoochie Coochie Man. And uh, standing by to join us, my next guest is also from New York. I'm getting a little homesick now. This is Joshua Jelly Shapiro joining us to talk about his book, Nonstop Metropolis. Good morning, Joshua. Good morning. Thanks for calling in, and you're calling in from my favorite city. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Oh, I love this. And uh, I was so happy when I received this book, uh, Nonstop Metropolis, a New York City atlas. Tell me, how did you and Rebecca decide to author this book? Yes, well, it's actually, this book is the third in a trilogy of these atlases. Uh, The first was about San Francisco, it's called Infinite City. Mm -hmm. The second was New Orleans, Unfathomable City. Uh, And basically, Mm -hmm. we we thought sort of halfway through the New Orleans one, well, if we've done two, we might as well finish off a trilogy. And the other other sort of great, iconic American city, the other coast, uh, right, was New York. There was only one place, really, to to finish the series off, and that was uh, with the Big Apple. So we came here to, to finish things out. Now, this is a huge undertaking. How long did it take you to finish this book? Yes, well, you know, sort of, sort of two years from from beginning to end mm-hmm. um, of of quite steady, intense work, uh, as you can imagine. The book is comprised of twenty six maps, uh, twenty six maps accompanied by the same number of essays or sometimes interviews, text to go with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea behind it is essentially that anyone who lives in a city could map it in their own way. Uh, you know, so in New York, that means there'd be eight million at least ways to map this city. Uh, so what we try and do is sort of shed light on on stories or histories in the city that aren't necessarily the ones that we get from our the maps on our iPhones or the standard maps that that we see every day. Right. Uh, so we try and try and develop a range of maps that give us different ways to to look at the city and all its incredible diversity and and multiplicity. Was it hard to pull together all these con- uh, contributors to writing all these chapters? Well, you know, one thing about New York is that uh, it has such an incredible wealth, of course, of talent and of writers. This place is is overflowing with those sorts of people. It's also overflowing with experts in the city. You know, I think one thing about New York and New Yorkers is that New Yorkers are obsessed with their city. Many people, you know, can't imagine living anywhere else. They're convinced it's the greatest place on earth. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be annoying, but it also means that there are people here who, you know, if you want to find all the places of worship in the city, there's a guy who's been spending 30 years trying to do that. And there's people who are obsessed by food or obsessed by by music. Yes. Uh, the expertise here is extraordinary. So part of our job was just to find those people. Well, and they, I love these maps. You have uh, different themes. One is singing the city, New York, New York of dreams. You want to talk about that a little? Yeah, absolutely. That map, you know, that's the first map in the book. And, and the idea there is, uh, it goes along with really a theme that runs through the book, which is that everyone who lives in a city, right, imagines it in their own way. Uh, yeah. Those of us who live in New York, whether we grew up here or grew up somewhere else, we come to it through books and songs and, and, and movies that, that help us imagine it. And so what we did in that, in that uh, map was to map the songs that, that figure the city. And, uh, we looked at songs in particular that talk about particular locations or things in the city, you know, from Take the A Train to Absolutely Fourth Street to, to No Sleep uh, Till Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? So the idea there was just to, to map the city through how we imagine it and then to think about, of course, how the city as it is sometimes rubs up against that city of dreams. Right. 
I, I found it also fascinating to look at capital of capital, how New York happened, because when I was little and I moved to the city, I mean, I didn't know, you know, how everything obviously was started and who all the key players were. I mean, you'd hear names like Rockefeller and Vanderbilt and, you know, it just now it makes sense to see it all mapped out. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's, you know, one of our ideas with these things, too, is that maps are incredible ways to tell stories. You know, they're, they're extremely potent documents, and sometimes they can, they can tell a story or at least help us visualize it in a way that just words uh, can. Um, and in that map, Capital of Capital, we essentially tried, as you say, to trace the story of how this, this little trading fort, you know, in the early 1600s, became, within just a few short centuries, the biggest, most populous, and richest city on Earth. And there's many ways to, to talk about that, you know, the uh, trade, industry, the opening of the Erie Canal, all those financial people that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we tried to do is to chart that and, and to show how this place happened and became what it is. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because you can live in the city and you, you don't even know, you know, half of it. Right, right. No, I mean, that's the thing, is I think that all of us who live in the city were sort of running around, and one of the things about New York is, of course, the incredible speed with which it goes, you know. There's a joke that people hear, they walk about three times as fast as someone <laughs> who lives in the, the South or a small town in the Midwest, say. Yes. Um, and so I think people are just rushing, and they and they love the place, but it is it is fascinating and great to just pause and try and deepen our sense of the place and and of of the various layers and stories and and people that that have made it because one thing about cities right is that they as my collaborator Rebecca Solmet says cities contain many places that contain many worlds not just what's in them right everything that everyone here brings to the city yes. uh, so that's that's one of the things we try and capture in this book I love how, you know, this book I feel like could be for any number of ages. And, you know, because it's, it's educational, obviously. Uh, just, it's fascinating. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, we try, you know, we try and, and do operate at a few different registers. You know, there are contributors in the book who are, are great experts, you know, linguists and, and religious scholars, as I say. But there's also, you know, we try and make the essays and, and the maps themselves really accessible, fun to look at, not overwhelming in their information, but things that, that tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're fascinated by maps, not only as, as sort of objects of beauty and ways to organize information, but they can, they can tell a story. So that's what we try and do in each of these 26 maps. As you were writing this book, were there some uh, sections people had written and you said, wow, that's, that's something I never knew? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I mean, many, many, many of those things. We, we were able to, to, uh, to commission work, uh, of course, from writers that we admire, people we find interesting. Uh, and one, for example, we are Garnet Cadigan, wonderful Jamaican writer and editor here. Uh, we had him do a 24-hour walk around the city. Uh, he's really? a great walker. He's written wonderful essays about walking, and he took on this this task, which is, sounds sort of crazy, but he walked through all five boroughs in a big, big circle. And the idea there was just to to find all the worlds uh, that one can find in New York, and to sort of describe the shape of a world, of course, because he walked in a circle. Yeah. And it was remarkable just to to find out the stories that he came back with. Right, encountering all the different people and, and communities that, that make up this place. Because of New York, 
is a city of immigrants above all else. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's two-thirds of Ameri- of New Yorkers now are either immigrants or the kids of immigrants. And so it it remains this great immigrant city, and, and it's just an astonishing place to explore. Right. I mean, I know my great-grandfather, uh, Samuel Bernstein, came from Russia, and so I guess my great-great-grandfather, Pesach, you know, they were in uh, Lithuania, and they end up in New York, and they end up doing a variety of things, whether it's hardware stores or the garment industry. And um, one of the things that struck a, a chord for me was "What Is a Jew?" by Emma <laughs> Goldman to Goldman Sachs. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that map, we it, it is as you say, it's absolutely a, a map about New York as a as immigrant city, and of course, one of the great immigrant groups here for a very long time uh, were Jews from from across Europe. And, this is a very Jewish city in terms of its culture, its politics, its history. Uh, but it's also what we wanted to do with that map is to show that the category Jew, like any category, man, woman, uh, Latino, whatever you want to say, right, there's a million ways to be that thing. And and with Jews, we wanted to just say the incredible kind of diversity within Jewish New York, right? Yes. Not just religious, that there's Orthodox and there's and there's all the rest, but... There's also an incredible range of politics. There's banker Jews, and there are Marxist Jews, and there are academic Jews, and and there are African American Jews in Harlem. So we wanted to sort of just get it, get at the incredible range, even within a category right. in a city like New York. And also, you can't forget about the punk rock Jews from CBGBs. <laughs> punk rock Jews, very important. That's Absolutely, right. that's right. <laughs> Uh, what would you like people to walk away with? Obviously, there's a huge amount of information, but what would you like people to walk away with by looking at this? Yes, well, I think that what we're trying to convey, really, above all in, in this book, uh, is just that sense of the city as a place of radical multiplicity and diversity. The city, when it works and why we love it, is very much about the fact that it allows all of these people to to live together, to strive for dreams together, or at least alongside each other. And that's, I think, an incredibly important thing to remind ourselves, especially at this political moment uh, when there's a lot of discourse about being afraid of immigrants or, or, or being afraid of difference. New York City, you know, where the president-elect is from, is an incredible city of immigrants. It models diversity in all that's these right. ways. And I think that what we try and do in this book is to is to depict some of those worlds and sort of what makes this city a magical place. Right. I remember just being a child and hearing, this is the greatest melting pot of people imaginable. And yeah, it's true. indeed. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And it's. I think people, you know, people sometimes think that, oh, the age of sort of immigrant New York is over. No. Uh, but it's really, it's really the case that right now, since the age of Ellis Island, right now we have the biggest portion of immigrants in the city that we've had. And it's... Uh, it remains an incredible destination, and, and the people who come here from elsewhere are what really make the city go, yes. um, and also what enrich its cultural fabric in all these incredible ways. You know, you could take this and make, make this into a really incredible documentary. You probably have heard this before, maybe. I don't know. Well, we, you know, we'd, we'd be thrilled to. We, one of the things about this book is that it is very much you know, about paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much about in a certain sense, pushing back against the ways in which we all tend to get around now with our telephones and looking at electronic maps, which are incredibly useful tools. 
but they really don't have the incredible immersive quality of a great, beautiful paper map. So we're very attached to this being a book, being an atlas, being printed on beautiful paper, um, and trying to think about what, what paper maps can do that maybe computer screens can't. So that, right. that was one of the ideas behind it, too. What I love about New York, too, is that it transforms through time. I remember in the 70s, it was so tumultuous. And, you know, you walk through Times Square, Times Square and it was disgusting. And you talk about um, burning, burning down and rising up the Bronx in the 70s. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, absolutely. That, that map, that's one of our favorites for sure. And that's a, a map, as you say, that looks in the 1970s here, which were a very difficult decade. You know, yeah. that's when Ford, the famous headline, Ford to the City, dropped dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York was full of debt. It was poor. Uh, mm-hmm. People with money were leaving. And what happened, though, in the Bronx in particular, was that you had this amazing spate of fires, many of them just landlord arson, that people who own these buildings, it was it was better for them to, to burn them down and collect insurance than it was to, to, keep, to keep running them as housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was devastated. You know, the Bronx was devastated. But what rose out of the ashes, literally, um, was this incredible culture of hip-hop, of rap music, of breakdancing, DJing, that's still, you know, this incredibly potent force in world culture today, youth culture. Right. Uh, and so what we wanted to do, though, is to map that story. And so what we did is map the actual fires, which no one had done before, mm-hmm. uh, what blocks they ravaged. And then we mapped the actual birth of hip-hop, where people first started breakdancing or scratching records. Um, and so that's a map that we're, we're really proud of, and, and it includes with it oral histories from, from some of the people in the Bronx who who helped develop that, that culture. I noticed uh, that, the section about Valerie Capers. Uh, she's an advocate for the blind. She's a jazz pianist. It's yes, so absolutely. The wonderful Valerie Capers. Yeah, great sort of Bronx treasure. Uh, mm-hmm. Jazz pianist who lived through both the 50s and 60s when the Bronx was this amazing, vibrant center of culture and then saw the 70s, the disasters, but also, also witnessed this culture rise up, uh, hip-hop culture, what young people were doing. So we have Grandmaster Kaz and Grand Wizard Theodore and these these types of guys talking about talking about being there at the creation. That's great. Tell me about uh, one of the, some of the things you've heard about this book. What have people said to you? Well, you know, one thing we found really with all of these these atlases is is to discover just how much people love maps. Uh, I think Rebecca and I were were both really struck that. Uh, we knew we were sort of map nerds, but mm-hmm. it's amazing to publish a book like this and see, oh, wow, people really love maps. They seem to be so turned on by them, and yeah. it's a way to, to change how we look at a place. It's a way to travel without leaving your leaving your home, to, to invoke the cliche. But people really love maps, and I think that that's one of the most potent things we learned uh, in publishing these things. So. Yeah. As we like to say, you know, let, let a thousand atlases bloom. Every every place deserves an atlas, every little town. So if more people want to want to take it up and do that, that's great by us. Well, I think it's great because we're very visual. A lot of people are very visual. And I love seeing all the details about the different, you know, Brookline villages and, excuse me, Brooklyn villages and uh, different areas of, uh, you know, diverse cultures. And it's great. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we, we like to... We like to convey things that are beautiful visually. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about color and design on these on these maps. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people who make maps, they tend to sometimes just pack all the information on it. And what we wanted to do is is to make them accurate and make them convey the information we needed, but not to overwhelm people with too much information. Uh, so we have the, the telling examples that help us help us grow immersed in the world that the map is trying to convey. And what's also nice, I want to add for the listeners, is that you also talk about Queens and you talk about other areas uh, surrounding Manhattan. Absolutely. Now, we were determined from the start not to just have this be a kind of Manhattan and a little bit of Brooklyn book. You know, we wanted to do all five boroughs. Uh, so we have Queens, we have the Bronx, we have Staten Island. Uh, and Queens, of course, it, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it, because Queens now uh, really is in a lot of ways the center of immigrant New York. Uh, you know, this is the borough where many people come and settle now. Manhattan is so expensive at this oh, point. Um, and so Queens, you know, people from all over the world, from Africa, from Asia, from Latin America, everyone's there. And Queens, we have a map called Mother Tongues and Queens, which just maps the languages of Queens and shows that this borough, just a few square miles in the Jackson Heights section, is the most linguistically diverse place on Earth. You know, you have hundreds and hundreds of languages being spoken. Um, and so we have a map that, that charts some of them, and also just some of the rare languages. It's not just any old language, but you have dialects from the Himalaya and indigenous languages from Mexico, and everyone's there. Everyone's in Queens, so we try and, try and shine a light on that as well. Yeah, because most people don't know this. And then look no, I, yeah, I think I think they don't. Many people think of New York and they think of the tourist sites and they go around Manhattan and that's it. But, that's it. You know, yeah. it's this thriving, huge city that that just is you know has layer upon layer. And I do want to mention you also talk about Harlem, which is fascinating in itself. How that's changed as well. Absolutely, you no, know, and Harlem. You know, Harlem is, of course, an incredibly symbolic, important place in the story of of African America. It's been long thought of as the Black Mecca, the center of Black culture, and it, it remains those things. Uh, it's also a place that's you know being gentrified in certain ways, so the cost of living is going up. It's changing. Uh, what we wanted to do in our Harlem map, which we called Black Star Lines, was not just to make it a kind of Black History Month. You know, here's where these famous people lived, and where Duke Ellington was, and Martin Luther King, but to actually look at what makes Harlem this incredible destination and sacred place. So what we did is mapped places of worship, you know, churches and mosques and synagogues, alongside sacred places in the arts. So you had places, theaters, where where James Brown became a star you know, uh, different performance spaces. And what's interesting, of course, is that many theaters in Harlem were churches at one time, or vice versa. Uh, these that. places these places kind of go back and forth. Um, so that seemed like a really interesting, fun way to, to look at Harlem as a kind of sacred place. So that's what we did. I think it's wonderful because you talk about the Apollo Theater. Uh, you talk about all these different playhouses. A lot of little details that people might not know about. Yeah, that's that absolutely. We, that's what we try and do. Just go beyond the the New York that the people think they know to show. Okay, there's there's a reason the Apollo is interesting, but it might not be the one that you just think of from the guidebooks. And so we try and deepen people's sense of context uh, and deepen their sense of where they are. Uh, we have a friend who says that you know, a phone a phone can get you where you want to go, but a good map can tell you where you are. 
Uh, and really, that's that's another kind of guiding dictum for for what we've tried to do in these books. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Where can people find out more about you, Joshua? Ah, well, me, myself, I certainly have a website, joshuajellyshapiro.com. Uh, but on the University of California Press, that's where Nonstop Metropolis lives. Uh, my book on the Caribbean is Island People. But anyway, you give any of those things a Google and, and you'll, you'll find me and you'll find Rebecca in our book. Well, I do want to mention, because I don't want you to hang up yet, I, I checked you out and I want to talk about that other book you wrote about the Caribbean. How did that come about? Well, thanks. Yeah, that, that book, essentially, I've been working on the Caribbean and that part of the world for years and years now, uh, both as a scholar and as a reporter. And that's really my book about the Caribbean, which many people think of as a good place to go on vacation. But what I write about there is all the ways that the Caribbean has shaped world culture and world history and what an incredibly rich uh, place it is, from Cuba to Jamaica to Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really it's it's the product of a decade or more of of me traveling to these places and writing about their cultures. And, and uh, that's that's my book, Island People, the Caribbean and the World. I was reading about you last night, reading about this book, and I'm thinking, oh, how tough that must have been to have to go to the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. You know, when I was in grad school, a lot of people oh. would would tease me. They'd say, oh, that, that's a convenient thing. You Isn't know, you didn't decide to study Siberia or something. Exactly. Nice tropical islands every every other week. Uh, and so guilty as charged, that's I true. But I, uh, I, I think what I've tried to do there is essentially to go beyond, you know, the beaches and the sun and, and to really get into the lives of people and the literature and the music, which are incredibly rich. Uh, and so that's, that's really what I try and highlight and write about in, in that book. Well, that book sounds great. I do want to throw out your website one more time, Joshua Jelly Shapiro. It's S-C-H-A-P-I-R-O. Is that correct? That's correct, oh, yes. Perfect. I want to thank you so much for calling into the show. I have really enjoyed talking to you and hearing more about this book. Thanks so much. Pleasure. All right. Take care. Again, that was Joshua Jelly Shapiro talking about his book, Nonstop Metropolis, of the New York City Atlas. If you missed any part of this segment, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Uh, standing by in just a few minutes is Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. If you do want to find out about being a guest, just send me an email, Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Have a great day, and I'll be back next week.